Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Welcome to another episode of the Grip360 podcast. Chit chat edition. Just sitting around, chewing the fat, talking about whatever. We have a, a few things we're going to mention, but for the most part, pretty unstructured episode, and hopefully, we felt like 30 minutes or so. Um, my name's TC. You can call me. Uh, my name's Connor Farrell. You can call me TC. To my right, uh, I'm Brendan. You can call me TCJ. It's okay. Your names are interchangeable. It's, it's whatever. I've got I've got another group of friends that I internet friends that call me Florida Man. Great. So that's fun. Um, are, are we the Florida Men of Winnipeg Jets podcast? I mean, we have to be, right? I mean, we have to be the only ones. I can't imagine a scenario where there are other Florida men doing a podcast on Winnipeg Jets hockey. Right. It's it's maybe one of the most random topics you could pick when it comes to doing a podcast in Florida. Pretty much. So. I feel like uh, there's... Uh, so I'm a big Last Week Tonight guy. Big John Oliver guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was an episode he did a while ago, um, or at least there was a, a short bit of it that he did called, uh, I think it was like Shallow Dives, where rather than like one deep dive that they do usually during every episode, in a very small amount of time you hit on a bunch of very smaller topics. So they're just shallow dives. And I feel like that's what we're doing today. We're just doing a few shallow dives. Okay. I could see it. So that was a weird analogy. Of, but instead of ripping off the athletic today, we are going to rip off John Oller. Yeah, but we at least like we're ripping off like quality things. Yeah. Actually, that video I'm talking about is like four minutes long. This is gonna be much longer than that. So it's not even like a good I, sh I sure hope this is gonna be longer than four minutes. We're already yeah. two minutes in. Yeah. We haven't even got. We haven't. It's like that Blues Traveler song. I haven't even talked about, I haven't even said anything yet. Or some, there's a line in there where it's called The Hook, and he's just talking about songwriting. And he's like halfway through the first verse, and he's like, but I haven't said anything yet. I don't remember the exact lyrics right now. He's like, but, no, yes, you have. You've said a lot of things already in this song. You know? Because it, it, it's, never mind. It's a dumb joke. So, where do you want to start? I think we, I mean, the biggest news out of Jet's world is Blake Wheeler. And I think this is where we have to start. Because it is an important topic. And I know people don't come here for um, commentary on real-life things. So I, I guess we'll make it short. Um, but I do think this needs to be brought up. And he, Blake Wheeler had a very um, emotional 
message and very personal thought on the whole Black Lives Matter movement and the, the death of George Floyd. Um, and if you haven't watched the the video conference that he did, or if you haven't looked at his statement that he put out on Twitter, his handle is at Big Fungi. Funky? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. You can find it. You can search Blake Wheeler and it'll pop up that way too. Big, um, Biggie Funk. With Biggie a, Funk. And with an E at the end. Yeah, Biggie Funk. Um, you should look at the, the, the statement that he put out and at least the first few minutes of the video conference where he talked about... Um, talked about... Um, Minneapolis and how that's at the epicenter of all these events um, and how he has to re relay this message to his kids and all that and it's very very important um, well I think we have a very similar sentiment in that he says quote growing up outside of Minneapolis I always felt sheltered from racism I mean like, yeah you and I we, we were you know two guys that grew up in the suburbs yeah <laughs> I mean but I mean but at the same time there is a Growing up in the South, there is more of a um, demographic um, mix. Uh, even in Jacksonville, where you know it's not the most diverse, but you there's because we're in the South, there's more diversity than in like Minneapolis or something like that. So I feel like we might have I don't know I shouldn't say that uh, I shouldn't say that we have more exposure because I don't know really. But well, I mean at least for me, like when I was when I was in high school, like most of my class and like my friend groups were, were all white so yeah. um yeah like i've definitely sort of had that feeling over the last like couple of weeks like uh i'm not really comfortable with this because i'm not really sure what to say yeah it's not it, it is it's I, been a little bit of a culture shock I, well my whole thing is i can barely form sentences when i'm talking about hockey there you go yeah i don't know really what to say when I know the topic, how am I supposed to know what to say when I am not exposed to this very much? Right. Um, so I, I have been taking a lot of time to uh, listen to other people, particularly on Twitter, see what their experiences are. And I feel like that should be, or at least my role in this, um, is to, to listen and, I guess, echo the experiences and to some degree, try to put myself in other people's shoes and say, okay, this, um, try to understand what's happening. Mm -hmm. I don't know if maybe that might be taking it a step too far, but I guess one of the voices that I, I want to um, project, and this is not hockey related. Um, obviously, I'm projecting Blake Wheeler. Go look at his statements. He's very emotional um, about his hometown being hit particularly hard with this. Um, but one of the voices I want to project is... Uh, from USF football, uh, KJ Sales, you know, huge leader in the Tampa community at this point, um, organized a unity march and specifically invited all of the athletic communities in Tampa to come together for a unity march in downtown Tampa. And that was very powerful and emotional. So, um, and he's, you know, his whole thing was watching that video. He, it could have been somebody that he knew. In, in that it could have been uh it could have been him you know it could have been his family his friends it could have been him at any given given, given moment and i you know trying for me even just getting pulled over is scary and i can only imagine what somebody who watches that video and then has to interact with these you know 
live everyday life with that. That that kind of experience is something that I don't have, mm-hmm. and trying to live with that. I mean, imagining trying to live with that is scary. And I guess that's my stance on this. So um, today, because it's a Sunday as we're recording this, mm-hmm. um, the pastor at my church, it's a pretty white church, uh, we had a conversation with a uh, pastor of a local um, African-American church, mm-hmm. just down the road, actually, from, from my church. And he was talking about, like, one of the things that stuck with me was um, when you call uh, when, when you call the firefighter, the fire department, um, you don't call a fire department to put out every single, or you don't call it for every single house, right? You call it for the house that's on fire. Mm-hmm. And the house that's on fire is, you know, the, the African-American one, mm-hmm. the black one. Um, and that, that kind of stuck with me today. But, you know, we just kind of felt like it was a good idea to at least touch on it. Yeah. Again, this is not... <laughs> This is not a topic that, like, the two of us are super comfortable talking about. Yeah, maybe we should be more comfortable, but I don't know. But, you know, um, yeah, so. I should point out, you know, Blake Wheeler isn't the only Winnipeg Jet to make a statement on this. Um, I believe Mark Shifley had a statement. as I mean, I, there was a few of them. I want to yeah, say I Andrew Kopp and Jansen Harkins. I know that the Jets had one. Well, yeah, I mean, but I don't really, the team-wide statements, they're all going to be corp, you know, I'm not going to blame them. They have to put out something, but they always, to me, they don't, they they hit all the dots without, like, being too one way or another. Right, and I, and I don't want to, you know, I understand people who get mad at these teams and say, oh, this isn't enough, and I'm like, okay, maybe, fair enough, but also, this is a team, this is a corporation, the more important thing to me is listening to what the athletes themselves put out. Yeah. That to me, that's gonna, always going to be much more personal um, in any sort of moment like this. But again, you know, this isn't this isn't my community primarily right. that's being affected. So maybe I shouldn't be saying what's important and what's not. Right. But um, I don't know if I had anything else I, I wanted to touch on. But uh, I kind of want to leave it because again I mean I want I want to say you know something and I want to say you know racism is bad and I want to yes. make, a, make a stance there obviously yes but I don't feel like I should be the primary voice here you know mm-hmm. I want to be supportive but I think leaving it as we have right now is good yeah but uh, anyway um, how do you transition yeah I don't, really I don't really know I don't really know um, what else do you want to talk about? Um, oh, training. Yeah, so, uh, kind of a smaller thing, especially for yeah. our last one, but, um... Let's just, just take a deep breath. Yeah. Alright, um, so a few days ago, uh, Frank Saravalli, Frank Saravalli, tweeted, I still probably butchered that, um, with limited players in town to use the facility, a number of the NHL's 24 teams do not plan to open their practice facility for Phase 2 on Monday, including the Habs and the Jets to start. And I think there's, there's uh, the, these Canadian teams in particular, I think, are going to have some issues with trying to get back into regular training because of the 14-day 
quarantine coming in and out of the country. Right. And, you know, Blake Wheeler, we just talked about Blake Wheeler. He's in Florida. Is he? Well, that's where he did the video conference. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so maybe he's not there now. But last I heard, Blake Wheeler is in Florida. Well, I mean... So trying to get him back to Winnipeg and into a training facility is at least 14 days away? Yeah. From when he enters the country? Do you know what... Um, do you know if they come to a solution on the on the border with hockey players? I have no idea. Because I thought that was one of the big problems. Was I guess... I don't know. I think that was why they were going to go to, like, hub cities. Um, but having teams... Canadian teams in particular practice in Canada might be a bit of an issue. I just know that it was going to complicate pretty much a lot of things. But uh, I didn't know if there was a solution on that. But still, I mean, it is going to be interesting to see how these teams start training and everything. Because, I mean, even in other sports, like, uh, well, I guess first in the NHL, like the Penguins had... I think a player or two uh, have COVID-19. And then uh, a few days ago, a few Alabama players tested positive when they returned to camp. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be interesting, I guess, to see how these initial rounds of of testing and trying to get people back into, you know, team facilities. But, Yeah. It seems like, I know that we have a plan, but it just seems like the more and more we start trying to get things together to try to salvage all of this, the more distant a resume to play becomes. Yeah, so I was looking up um, the quarantine rules in Canada, um, and it sounds like the latest, this is from the end of May, so this might be old. Um, but this was the latest one I could find on the fly, anyway. Uh, the Oilers are, uh, have a statement out there that says, Such an exemption from the Canadian government would be necessary to enable the Oilers Entertainment Group bid to play host the NHL play. Oh, that doesn't really mention... Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think there has been an exemption yet. Well, anyway, I just... I just saw that in the headlines figure that you yeah. to also touch on that. Yeah, touch on it, but it sounds like at least um, with different, you know, if Blake Wheeler mentioned in his video call that um, with diff Broward County entering phase one, he's able to at least skate. So that's good. Um, so I, I imagine they're working out probably independently. Um, and at least skating. I know Ivan Provorov with the Flyers has been skating the entire time. Um, but I, I don't know. I, and I have a feeling players like uh, Crosby and McKinnon have found ways to, to skate, probably. But yeah. While we're between topics, here's a word from our sponsor. This episode is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're anything like me and you're just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect what's below the belt. Luckily, Manscaped has us covered. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and just released a new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. 
Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a rapid charging dock powered by USB. If you are listening to me speak right now, you are one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product, and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code THPN, let me repeat, THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. We needed to come up with something lighter to talk about because. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll we'll, uh, we'll go to our favorite go-to topic. Um, Connor Hellebuck. Yes. <laughs> um, just, I really hope that slam picked up your, on the yeah, mic. Yeah, oh, I'm sure it did. Um, sorry, headphones users. But um, just decided to. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, ESPN did an NHL awards watch. Um, article this week. It was uh, on June 3rd, actually. And to not not to our surprise, far from it, they have Connor Hellebuck not only as the probable, as one of the probable finalists, they have Connor Hellebuck winning it all. Of course. Did anyone not vote for Connor Hellebuck to win it? Um... I don't know. I want names and addresses. I mean, they call Hellebuck perhaps the easiest call of award season. <laughs> but, okay, you say that. If they didn't have a play-in series and the Jets got cut off by fractions of percentage points, do they still give him the... Trophy. I mean, Sergei Bobrovsky won it a few years ago when the oh, Blue Jackets missed the playoffs. I was about to say that that sounds like an exception, but like, I don't know how much more of an exception you can get from Connor Hellebuck's season this year. Exactly. Um, and my favorite, I think my favorite line from this is that the Jets were closer to the Californian cellar dwellers based on every underlying metric, but because they had the best player at the most valuable position... They were hovering around the playoff bubble instead. That's, again, that's from ESPN's yeah. Dimitri Filipovic. Yeah, this team should be nowhere near the playoffs, and that's what we've been saying all season. Yeah. And yet, Connor Hellebuck is dragging this corpse of a team into at least a play-in series where he could easily steal two games and give them a chance to beat the Flames. Connor Hellebuck might, you know, if Connor Hellebuck steals two games and then the Jets are the better team in one of the remaining games... They're in. Yeah. Exactly. And that's not too far from... you know. That's not just me being hopeful, I don't think. I, I hope that I'm being somewhat realistic here. Maybe someone from the Flames might tell me otherwise. But, man, that feels good. I like it this time you tap the book. Yeah, I, the I, didn't need, I didn't need to go full slam. Yeah. But... Yeah, I just always like it whenever people use big outlets basically say the things we've been saying on the podcast all yeah. season. 
It makes it makes me feel like I'm doing something yeah. right. You know, <laughs> we we don't get a lot right. Actually, we we get we, we get, get right all the time. We get the really. big things right. I mean, our predictions are terrible. But our, yes, I feel like our analysis. I feel like is our good. score predictions are wrong ninety percent of the time. Well, I feel like that's just anyone predicting a score. That's a good point. Hockey is random. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't think there's any better example of that than goaltenders being both the most valuable position and the most volatile because, oh my goodness. you know, hockey hates you. I, I hate goalies with a passion. Except, Except for Connor Hellebuck. Oh, and Connor and Connor Hellebuck. If Connor Hellebuck betrays my hope in this uh, play-in round and is actually not good, then we're going to have an issue. I can't be... But he's done so well this entire series. I should... Or this entire season. I shouldn't say that. But, you know. Right. Just be good. And I'm saying that to Connor Hellebuck and Connor Hellebuck only. Be good. Everybody else... I don't know. Play defense. A little Play bit. Play defense? A little bit. Play defense. Um, get the puck to... Um, players. <laughs> Brilliant analysis. I wasted all of my complete sentences on the Black Lives Matter. Alright, um... I have no more complete sentences, thank you. So, but here would be something that I thought would be cool, is that if Connor Hellebuck won the Vezina, yeah, he would be the first Jets player to win an NHL award since they moved to Winnipeg. Really? Yeah. There have only been two individual awards won by this franchise. Uh, Danny Heatley's Calder in 2002. Classic. And Ilya Kovalchuk's uh, Rocket Richard in 04. Classic. Lionel didn't win anything when he was no because he had, he had uh, the same he was the same Calder year as Austin Matthews. Uh, got it. So yeah, that's gonna that's gonna do it. Yeah. Hmm. And when you're a goal scorer in the same era as Alexander Ovechkin, you just don't win Rocket Richards. Right. So. I mean, here's why Ovechkin annoys me. He's been doing the same exact play for years, and nobody's found a way to stop it. And it's not even that complicated. Hey, he's going to hang out at the face off that. <laughs> how did people just let him do that? How? I mean, how is it still working? I mean... This year, he got to share it with David Pasternak instead of actually having it all to himself like usual, so... Well, that doesn't... I mean... Pour out a cold one for him. Yeah. F's in the chat. It was only three Rocky Richards in a row this time. <laughs> Incredible. I just... Also, him splitting it with the Bruin doesn't make me feel much better about the whole situation. Pasta's good, but I like the brooms. Jail. Yeah. Did you have anything else that you would like to touch on? 
Um, I feel like we need to drag this out a little bit longer. No, I think we're, I mean, we're doing all right. If there was a jet that could win the Rocket Richard, who would it be? Um, I, my guess would be Shifley, because insane shooting percentage. percentage. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess it would be either him or Line A, but... Not Kyle Connor. Kyle Connor would be a good one. I mean, like, they should just have Shifley I, and Connor just play zero defense again and just see if they can get one into a Rocket Richard. That's a good point. But I mean, they're not gonna play defense anyway. So. But they tried that this year and it didn't. They they weren't in Rocket Richard territory. Well, do it for long. They even they even took like all of the Jets' offensive zone starts. Yeah. But oh, we can um can preview our guest for next time. Ooh, who is our guest for next time? Uh, so Casey and C on our Twitter at uh, gridper 65 Uh, I. Quote retweeted a thread uh, done by uh, this guy on Twitter named JFresh or at JFreshHockey. He does a lot of cool visual stuff with cool. analytics and everything. Uh, so we'll be we'll be talking to him about the Jets and a bunch of other stuff, I guess. But most of the Jets. See, this is gonna be interesting because I feel like we're going to agree on a lot of things, which is less fun than when we disagree. Well, it's probably, yeah, it might be a lot like when we uh, talk to the Ice Analytics podcast. Yeah. We're just like, oh, this happened? Yeah, okay, no problems. So are you pro-Hellebuck or pro-Hellebuck? Like... <laughs> yeah, right. And it's, I feel like he's going to echo a lot of the things that we've been saying all season in our unending quest to say something different. Um... But we can get another endorsement for the possibly might be able to get another endorsement for Connor Hellbuck for Hart. Yeah. So that's that's fun. Mike could wouldn't give him the heart because he doesn't think goalies can win the heart, which is yeah, that, frustrating. I guess for that's me, fair. Yeah, because it is it is kind of like the MLB where um, you can win both the Cy Young and the MVP, and it's like okay, but. You already won the Cy Young. Like I, I get why people are are pissed off about that. Yeah, but my whole thing is, you know, does Hellbutt provide more value than your skaters? I would argue yes, but yes. Um, anyway, I'm not. I don't think uh, I, I wouldn't die on the Hellbutt for for Heart Hill just because I don't think it's going to happen, but no, it's not I, I, I am going to... There's no way it happens. I am going to die on the Hellbuck for Vezina Hill, so... If that doesn't happen, we write a strongly worded letter to the committee. Yeah, uh, if that doesn't happen... Probably a strongly worded tweet. Oh, yeah, no, our our Twitter account's going to be an absolute dumpster fire. So oh, that's yeah. Gonna... Just destroying voters left and right. All right. See, where can they find you? I am on Twitter at TC underscore 904 and uh, at Instagram on the same handle, although my Instagram is not hockey related. So that's fun. Um, TCJ, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at BFarrell77. Uh, you can find the podcast on Twitter at Gripper60Pod. 
Uh, you can also find us on Facebook there too, um, and Instagram apparently. And yeah, um, let us know whatever you think of the episode sometimes. Um, give us some cool reviews on iTunes and whatever, however you listen to this podcast. Um, thanks again for listening and have a good one. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.